Welcome to Bitstorm, a comedy game design podcast by two guys who know nothing about comedy, not game design. I'm Ben Slinger. With me, as always, is Trevor Scott. Yes, I'm here. And with us always this week, from this week onwards, is the wonderful Craig. <laughs> wonderful um, Craig, the Discord recording he's, bot. He's going to be recording our conversations. So what happened last week doesn't happen again because it turns out that we not only know nothing about game design or comedy, but also backups in the in the case of audio problems. Yeah, we got cocky <laughs> after uh, 120 you know, odd episodes with no problems at all, and uh, Audacity fucked us. So, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> this, uh, this week we'll not have random weird cutouts and, you know, half of the games having to be thrown away. So, shall we uh, click pitch? Yeah, and one day I'll actually go back and I'll give you a, a little bit of extra stuff when I can be bothered going and re- trying to fix up the other episode that we lost a few weeks ago mm-hmm. uh, for the same reason, and we should have learnt from that. We should have. But we didn't. So, Trevor, what's uh, what's this thing called Click Pitch? I've never heard of it before. Click Pitch is a game where we each have a random word generator in front of us. On the count of three, two, one click, we're going to click refresh- Take those words, throw them at each other. Craig will record them um, <laughs> for posterity, and then we'll come up with a game design out of out of those two words. And then when it doesn't work, we click it refresh again. Yeah, and we do it ad nauseum for about an hour, or in the case of last week, thirty five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, let's jump right into it. Three, two, one, a click. Ballerina contracting contracting. <laughs> now, there's different ways that you could take this, like muscles contracting. I was thinking like a contract builder um, because I was, I was thinking of like doing ballerina spins and like slapping paint on as you go past, you go past. <laughs> uh, like a choreographed ba- a ballet of, of uh, tradie work. Okay. Okay. I like this. <laughs> so, is it- what are the controls like? Are they are they simplified or are they kind of like uh, sort of like skate where you have to know the intricate sort of movements mm. to actually do? <laughs> I like skate inspired ballet controls. So like to do a you know a, a, I don't know any of the ballet terminology, but to do like a jump and spin, it's like a you know an up and and across on the thumbstick sort of thing, like an up and around, um, yep. and you have to you know time it right so that you land. Facing forward again, or facing, or facing the way you want to land. Anyway, maybe you have to hit a button as you land to stick the landing. Yeah, I'm just wondering whether whether you need to sort of do almost like a Tony Hawk's version of it, where it's sort of a simplified version, where it's just right. sort of like you've got a button for jump, but then you've got like um, I lo- a button I in a do- direction and the L1 L L2 R2 sort of triggers to to sort of turn like around off tricks and stuff. Oh, yep. I see. yeah, yeah. Um, I do kind of like, I feel like the equivalent of a manual is like a particular, particularly toe pointingly move, you know, toe, toe pointing move where you have to stay right up. I mean, I know ballerinas are almost always on their toes, but yeah, you know, like having to balance it, having to balance it there in, in the, in the happy zone. 
Yeah, I'm just I'm just wondering whether you actually land directly on the tips of the toes and you break toes and therefore, you know, you, you hurt yourself. I mean, if you- Or whether you can land on the ball and then move to the toe, like- Well, you're the dancer, so you might have a, a bit more insight into-, <laughs> into uh, I've landed on the tip of my toes before and it fucking hurts. So, we, we don't like doing that, yeah. especially as ballroom dancers. So, I hope that- Ballerinas well then, listen. Like if that. you're if you are uh, balleting your way through tiling a roof, don't jump down. Take the safe okay. way down, uh, which is fall into the arms of the strong male ballerina. <laughs> you just got to get the move right, the timing down. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, <laughs> so okay, uh, uh, a Tony Hawk esque control scheme where you play a ballerina trying to construct a house or trying to renovate a house. How how will the renovation moves work? Is this sort of going to be a timing thing that, like, as, you know, as you're doing a spin, at a certain point in the spin, you, like, have to hit a button to- Hit a button to bash in a nail. Yeah, to bash in a nail. You're using your torque there as you spin to really, like, slam those nails in to put up some drywall. I mean, you've got to be kind of careful because the problem with doing that is if you don't hit it at the right time- you're going to sort of hit it on an angle and, you know, sort of bash it sideways into the wood. And that's never a good thing. It needs yeah, to be or at the very direct. least, you're going to get a bent nail and nobody likes that. Okay. What if there's an upgrade to the to the hammer and you're spinning around with a nail gun after that? Um, sure. I mean, that could be dangerous, but uh, that's that's going to add to the fun. It, it's certainly adding to the speed in which you can, you can um, you know, construct walls. Well, yeah, exactly. Well, there may be a speed aspect to it. Uh, you know, you're going to get judged on speed, uh, quality Accuracy. of construction, le- uh, least amount of uh, injuries and or deaths. <laughs> artistic license or, you know, sort of like an artistic score that basically says that, um, you know, this this was well well done and- the audience loved it because, by the way, this has been streamed out to an audience. Yeah, well, I think like- that your ballet moves get judged. And I love the idea of, of you know, having to- Maybe you are up high on some scaffolding, um, I don't know, putting up uh, guttering. And you're having- And you're doing, like, these big ballet leaps. Like a- I've got moves in front of me here. A grand jet from one scaffolding <laughs> to the other. Um, which is mm-hmm. the long horizontal jump where they basically do the splits in the air and then land on their toes on the next one. So, um, you know, you're going to get points for that. <laughs> yeah. What you're not going to get points for is dying. Uh, well, less points. Depends how- <laughs> Depends if the house gets finished or not. <laughs> That's actually got some interesting ideas around it. Um, graphical style. Yeah. Yeah. Uh- so, it depends on how much kind of movement around there is. Like, is this a set of sort of, okay, now you're doing this job, so it's it's sort of the rhythmic movement around just this particular wall, or is it you've sort of got free reign of the house, uh, at which point what could be interesting is almost a 2.5D sort of thing where, kind of like, did you ever play Fez? Yes. Where- so you're on like a t- you're playing on a 2D plane on one side of the house, and it doesn't actually have to be the actual 2D graphics like Fez. I just sort of mean that angle. Um, and so you might have a couple of activities to do sort of on that outer wall, but if you go to the edge, you can kind of spin like 
spin around the side to the to the next wall, and then you're playing on that plane of the house. Um, and you know that mm-hmm. side of the house might have a door in it, in which you go into the door, and it's sort of the camera kind of moves forward, and the outside of the house goes transparent, and now it's like, oh, this now this interior wall is what you're um, playing, and so it's it becomes almost a two D platformer kind of controls on each like you know uh, vertical plane that you mm-hmm. are sort of playing against, uh, but yeah, you've got that control of doing the different things around the house. And so maybe in a very Tony Hawk-esque way, there may be, you know, key, more efficient routes around the house to do the different tasks. Uh, and, and, you know, they, but to really do it really efficiently, it might take some, some uh, really difficult moves to pull off as you're on the upper levels of this house or the scaffolding or having to, you know, maybe you have to do a mid-air transfer from one side of the house around the corner to the other by doing a fucking whatever. <laughs> ballet parkour move (laughs) um i think kind of like the later tony hawk games that you've got some moves that can um give you like a time bonus to go to the next trick yep so if say you manage to um you know knock in three nails you've got like two seconds to get that plaster sheet off the ground and up onto the wall to to start screwing that the combo or to keep the combo going yeah i mean if if you can in one in one hit, do like this amazing combo that is just going to be dance move, dance move, hammer, dance move, dance move, hammer, dance move, dance move, hammer. Pick up the pick up the um the plaster sheet, screw, screw, dance move, screw, screw, dance move, and then all of a sudden, you know, that whole wall is done, at least construction wise. Yeah, and you, you, you didn't stop add in, once. Add in and- dance, 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 paint, 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 <laughs> spin, 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 spin. <laughs> wall finished next wall and you start all over again and you're doing it in one combo you know yeah. this is actually pretty awesome yeah then you get a massive massive bonus points for sure uh yeah i i like that i, I kind I'm of just like- imagining that multiplier going up yeah um and so then then the next little wrinkle that we could maybe add is their multiplayer and how would that work <laughs> <laughs> is it just the amount the, the 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 number of jobs you can do on the house and with maybe some ways to sabotage, like if you time that nail gun right, it might not fire at the wall. It might fire at your opponent. God, that's kind of scary. Um, I'm picturing co-op would be a lot of fun. Yeah, that's true, um, actually. Lots of lifts and jumps yeah. together, you know. Yeah. Yeah, that Lift would probably up, make more sense. Install the fan. Drop them down. <laughs> and it's like- <laughs> I can totally picture it, too. Just the- Because if you animate it, you could animate it so well- so, yeah, it's just like grab the fan, lift, arms out, arms up, screw it in, come down. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love it. All right. Three to one click. Configuration. Icing. So, there are two options on icing. Cake or ice, as in like an ice skating rink or, a, you know, this could be a Zamboni driving game. <laughs> um. Yeah, I I mean, where my mind was going with it is um, there's actually a few different ways that you could take the icing as well. Icing that you've got to ice or murder other people. Um, yep, yep. You're icing because you're, you're making the drug ice. Um, <laughs> you're it's a very versatile de-icing. word. <laughs> you're de-icing and therefore spreading salt around. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, there's lots of different ways that you can take it. Can Um, we use all of them? 
No, because I don't <laughs> want to do a bakery one again. <laughs> no, no. Well, uh, because we're using all the others, it w- the bakery would just have to be a small aspect of it. Or maybe it's like, well, maybe it's not a bakery. Maybe it's like a kid's birthday party where they're going to an ice skating rink and one of them is going to be assassinated. One of the children. And by a Zamboni driver. By a Zamboni. Yes. It's made going to be made to look like an accident. They were very slowly run over and literally iced. Uh, um, and so, configuration comes in. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I, my first instinct is to just go Hitman style where you're kind of trying to set up this thing to happen. But that actually is less interesting to me than, you know, some other ways we could probably go. Yeah. I mean, what's also going into my head is is like this this guy who's- Literally, his only job is to go around and, like, de-ice, um, de-ice steps. Yeah. And the one morning that he decides not to um, not to go do it is the morning that someone slips, and fa- slips falls, and, you know, breaks their neck. Right. So, he's racked with guilt. He's racked with guilt. And I- I'm almost thinking that it's a robot breaking out of his configuration. Oh, okay. If it's in, a de-icing robot who yep. failed, and the, the, the utter guilt- Drove this robot to gain sentience just so it could feel even more guilt. (laughs) (laughs) And now it's discovered this plan to kill a child at uh, an ice skating rink and it's going to use its powers of de-icing to save this child. Mm -hmm. Okay. I kind of like the idea of of taking that really overwrought story, but just making it like actually a really simple like arcade mobile game um, that just has aspects of this. So it's, it's literally just a like trying to, you know, I, I don't know, almost like one of those. Like an endless runner or something, but you're having to de-ice things to stop stuff. Or maybe not an endless runner, but like things are going past and it's a kind of Twitch-based, um, you know, you have to you have to de-ice the right ice or something to slow things down or stop things well, from sliding. Well, maybe if, if you think about like um, World 6 in Super Mario Brothers, yeah. that's all the ice level. Yep. Imagine if you were if you were in a platform game where you had limited amounts of salt that you could sort of throw down and okay. get grit back in the um grit back on the platform. Yeah, yeah, that'd be interesting actually. So you'd have to st- really strategically place salt so that you can actually like yes yeah, slow and stop yourself so so that you can you know wait for a a hazard hazard to go past or something. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh. All right, I'm trying to- I really, I really like that. Yeah, that, that's a good- um, That's a really good mechanic. I'm sort of trying to get a handle on the graphical style, like uh, the general uh, the general feel for it, because I don't feel like the Mario uh, kind of aesthetic works as well for this game. No, I, I, I kind of like the idea of maybe like the graphics are kind of cartoony, like the background, mm-hmm. but- the character is like hyper real. Okay, so okay. it's got that sort of juxtaposition of yeah. these sort um, of simple comic bookish backgrounds. But um, and well, when you say hyper real, is it still is it still designed to sort still of a robot. fit into? No, well, is it still designed to sort of fit into the comic book world, or is it like full on three D rendered with like high def textures? Uh, well, I'm thinking, you know, four um, K texture sort of support. <laughs> On <laughs> on the tight on the robot that like takes up a thirty screen, yeah, yeah to the hardy no, screen. Not even a third. I'm I'm thinking maybe like a, a fifth of the screen sort of thing. Like totally it's- little little platform. Yeah. Well, this is the thing. Like there are sort of different 
because I could picture I could picture a platformer that was a bit less Mario and a bit more. And this isn't entirely it, but this came to mind. But like Prince of Persia or Flashback. Oh yeah, yep. You've kind of got maybe you know two or three levels of the screen, like vertical verticality wise. And yeah, it's it's a lot more. It's not so Twitch based platforming. It's more strategic platforming where it is that you're icing. So there's almost this like. Yeah, this robot's having to, like, it's sliding along, and it might slide, like, half a screen length, but you have to aim and fire out your salt so that you don't, you know, go off an, uh, off a cliff or something. Is this a humanoid robot? Yeah, I'm just trying to think I'm, of the I'm animation whether it's, I, I'm wondering whether it's a robot that is kind of like um, Rosie the robot from the Jetsons. You know how it's got that single wheel down the bottom? <laughs> right. Yeah, that could be interesting. So I kind of like that that idea that it's sort of like um, once you start in a direction, you know, it's really really hard to sort of stop and go back in another direction. Um, yeah, basically, you and- would have you would have sort of it will take you if you if you're on regular ice, it will take you know you know five grid squares worth or something to to slow down and and turn around or something. Um, mm-hmm. But but you know if you've iced it, it's only two uh, or something like that. Well, I'm imagining that you can also get like power ups that are like, um, like a chain for the wheel that basically then grip the ice so that you can do a little bit more of that. Right, but, um, but maybe it only lasts. The for chains a are only time. sharp for for yeah. a short amount of time, so you can only go um, as, as you go to stop. It basically loses um, grip. Yep. Well, I like the such. idea of having some sort of grab hand or something that on certain parts of the level it could reach out and grab something to like stop you, but. If you're going, you know, the regular speed that you would go on the ice, you know, maybe it damages you a bit because just because of the jolt of it. So you will stop, you know, within one square, but you'll take some damage. Um, mm-hmm. And and again, you might only have a certain number of those or something. Well, I, I think you got like um, a damage sort of um, meter at the top, and it's basically saying your left and right arm damage has a certain right. amount before it just gets and then ripped you can off. Find and then you need to. Yeah, then you need to find a um, find a spare arm or collect your previous one and repair it at the next repair point. Yeah. So, what are the environments then that you're moving around in? Because uh, is this sort of, uh, I mean, since you're playing, you know, this this robot, is this almost a like a, a what's the word like a cyberpunk ish kind of future or something? Maybe not. Maybe not cyberpunk ish. Maybe not the neon like that. I mean, I guess it could be a bit more Jetsons ish. Um, sort of a futuristic version maybe, of our maybe, current world. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of seeing it as almost more steampunk in the in the way that it's sort of gritty, but like a, a cartoony steampunk version. Okay. Um, I, I'm picturing that this first level that they're going through is like through a um, like a construction site sort of thing, and it's just a, a really really cold day, and that's that's why all the um all the girders and stuff have have ice all over them. Because like winter and it right. sort of starts it off. Yeah. But th- then I'm imagining that the next level goes through some rooftops as you as you're trying to. I'm just well, trying to think whether you, whether you're getting away from from something or. Well, you're trying to save this kid who's going to be assassinated. <laughs> the ice skating rink. <laughs> True. <laughs> <laughs> um, I forgot that you said that about. Yeah, yeah. That's five that's the ago. whole that's the whole arc. Uh, I, I think this this newly sentient. De-icing robot. Uh, yeah, like you start on the streets because that was your job, right? It was like suburban streets. You were supposed to de-ice the footpaths or something. Someone gets hurt. You gain sentience via guilt. 
now, and then somehow you- You, you then s- search the guy that, that um, accidentally got killed, and it turns out that he had a- um, A contract. He had, like- Well, no, I'm not thinking that it's a contract. I'm thinking he actually had, like, um, you know, information that this thing was going down, and he was actually going to go save this kid. Yeah. Oh, okay. The, so, okay. And so, the, part, as part of your kind of reparations for this guilt is you're going to do the job that he was supposed to do. Yep. But now the cops are after you because, um, or the cops or or the um the um owners of your your company, the scientists, right? Because you've to gone try rogue. Reboot your configuration. Um. So, what? Who wants to kill this kid and why? <laughs> is this like a political um, assassination? It's the or president's something? son. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's um, what we need to in do. this world, it's it's not Donald Trump Jr. It's um, <laughs> although that could be kind of funny. Like no, because nobody's um, going to want to save any uh, of Donald Trump's kids. No, no this is a different. You, you get there and it's like a thirty-year-old that that is actually really really funny. <laughs> right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I like that. Um, it's just this. Yeah. It's a sexy ice skating party. I don't know. Uh, or, or he's just really juvenile. Okay. Yeah. All right. I like it. I think that probably covers it. <laughs> I did like the um, I did like the um, the Prince of Persia way that you went. Yeah, that could be. I think that, that, could, cool. be fun. I think that could be fun. Rebirth, clock, clock, rebirth. All right, so I've I've been playing this game that's uh, just shown up on Xbox Xbox Game Pass called The Outer Wilds, uh, and it's actually okay. really interesting in that you play in a time loop, mm-hmm. and so rebirth and clock made me think of that that it's some sort of game where you are being reborn over and over. And now that could just be a way to give you to give it sort of roguelike elements uh, or yep. something like that. Or maybe you are reincarnated as something different every time, but, you know, gain, like, keep the knowledge or some sort of skills from your last run through. Um, well, I, I kind of think that you do because you being the character remembers every- or you being the person playing the game remember everything that happened before. So, it only makes sense if your character in the game also remembers that. Yeah. <laughs> Unless it's got that awesome technology from, like, um, Men in Black that it just sort of flashes out a light and you're like, oh, we're starting the game. <laughs> to the player? <laughs> to the player, are you yeah. saying? Are you saying, <laughs> you're saying that, like, we, uh, we retrofit- Every time We retrofit, die, like, the connect- to to fire out the men in black memory memory erasing yep. uh, ray so that you can just we can charge well that's actually no good like that means that that's really not a, a strategic way um, for a company to go because people will just be happy playing the one game forever and they won't uh, they won't yeah, buy but if any you more ever games. actually finish the game then it does the unflashed version and you realize that you know that you've, you've been playing been it for a thousand your family years. the entire time. <laughs> You've been neglecting your family. Your family's left you. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. No, but well, let's let's see where we can go with a kind of rebirth time loop kind of idea. Mm-hmm. I guess. How could we? What what's cause what's causing the time loop? Let's say. Let's start there. Is it magical? Have you Is seen? It scientific? Have you seen the movie? The movies. Happy Death Day. And happy death day to you. I haven't, but I've been meaning to. So no spoilers, but I know that no spoilers. I know it is generally I, a time loopish sort of uh, yeah. a movie. So I'm not going to say what I was going to say then because that gives away what sort of happens. Okay. Um, Shift it a bit harder. so that it's not a spoiler, and then use that idea. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, okay. Uh, okay. Go on. Let, let's let's take let's take it in a scientific way then. Okay. 
Um, some sort of, uh, like, generated black hole that, that bends the time-space continuum. Some sort of quantum entanglement or something like that. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think that could be actually kind of cool. Um, All right. Do you play as- do you start as- a, I mean, you maybe start as a scientist working on this experiment, but it'd be interesting if you jumped into somebody else's consciousness every time. So, there's almost a quantum leapy as- aspect, but it's the same series of events- from this, but now you're from this different person's perspective. Um, and so, okay, and so, so every, every time that your character dies, yeah, um, or you run out of it time, it basically replays like- everything that you've just done, but you're now playing a different character. Well, I think that you've got goals, uh, and this is, this is taking some from, from the outer wilds where in basically each, each run through the time loop, you're able to gather more information about what's going on. Um, which mm-hmm. means that the next time loop, you're able to sort of, Go straight to a place that you know about now or whatever. So, I'm thinking a similar sort of thing, except because you're in different people, you've actually got different challenges each time where it's like, oh, I know that I need to, you know, st- I know that at this time, this certain thing's going to happen. I'm not going to have to, I'm going to have to stop it. But wait, I've just jumped into like a teenage boy and my parents have grounded me. <laughs> <laughs> and so, you know, you've got, uh, you know, you keep jumping back this, I don't know, day or something. Um, before a particular event happens with your experiment and you're trying to you're trying to prevent that from happening but uh every every yeah every loop you jump into someone else and so you've got different challenges before even before you can kind of go on to to find more out about how you're actually going to solve your main issue i guess the only um, the 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 difficulty the difficult thing with that is we can't actually have unlimited unless we procedurally generate them unlimited um characters for you to jump into yeah yeah that makes it very very hard um i'm picturing that the time that you jump into a prisoner well that's just like a that's you blow that hour off <laughs> do you have a are there only a limited number of time loops before like the universe is completely gone or something i guess it comes down to what's the gameplay like because i like this idea in general as a well, because I'm just thinking, if you do have a limited number of time loops, that does give it a very roguelike aspect where you may not finish it the first time you play, right? Like, and and a successful run doesn't mean, oh, now I'm done with this game. It just means, oh, I unlocked some more cool stuff. <laughs> so, I guess it comes down to what's the gameplay like. It's got to be awesome. Otherwise, people are not going to want to play it. Oh, okay. Well, then the game's done. Awesome gameplay. That's it. <laughs> Uh, I mean, maybe this could be, if we really want to get ambitious with it, kind of an op- open world sort of thing where, well, I don't know. I-, I was thinking like a Grand Theft Auto-esque kind of thing where it's just like by whatever means necessary, you've got certain goals and you have to do it within a certain number of time loops. But um, that might be getting out of hand. Yeah, it may be. Um, whereas I'm sort of looking at almost like a a Dark Souls-esque mm. um Sort of death doesn't mean the end. It just means that you can get better. Yeah. Well, well that's also- it. And, and I like that idea of even though you're starting in a different character every time, you're getting a bit more knowledge about what happened and what led up to the, um, to the, to the accident or the event. And so generally you're going to have a specific goal as you like are reborn, uh, as the time loop restarts of, all right, I need to. Well, you might at least- You've got a couple of- You know, you've got a few leads. It's like, okay, I, I can try to talk to this person, but, oh, I'm in a- 
I mean, a, uh, you know, an, an old man's body or whatever, and, and they're not going to take me seriously because they, they don't, they won't believe who I am or something. So, you know, I'll, I'll wait another time like before I do that one, but maybe I can, you know, do this other investigation to find out the, the phone number of someone who I'm going to be in need to call. Do you know what I mean? Like you've got different mm-hmm. ways that you sort of, you're filling out almost this, um, this knowledge map. That's going to lead you to figuring out how to actually um, solve this thing. So the next thing I'd like to throw into this okay. as a little bit of a bit of a difference is um, yes, there are time loops and all this sort of stuff. But what is actually happening as you find out that each time that you you um, you die in the game, you actually have doomed that particular dimension to. Um, <laughs> To failure, yeah, and you're moving into another one, yeah. But as timeline. soon as yep. one of these one of these dimensions actually make um make a make this uh you know or fin- finish it properly, basically these multi dimensional aliens are actually defeated throughout all the different timelines. Okay, and that way that way it's sort of like a a little bit of a a creepy sort of end to the story. You realize that all these other uh, dimensions beforehand are totally like burned in ashes. <laughs> Right. Well, I do like the idea, and this this might just be a general. I don't know if this applies to this one because I, it sounds like we're going more to a uh, just a single narrative as opposed to a procedurally generated roguelike sort of thing. But I do love the idea of a roguelike with time loops where you keep track of all the branched timelines that you've created, um, and you know at what point you doomed them to to destruction, and yep. and it could be interesting then that. You know, late in a in late game in a roguelike like that, you get the power to jump back into a previous timeline and and pick up where you left off with more tools or something. To so like it could be it could be an achievement to go back and resolve every timeline you started as you played through the roguelike. Um, but now, oh, with, but now cool. with all your additional like options and skills and and stuff, that could be really cool. Yeah, because it like turns out that like yeah, you're you're like a multi dimensional alien hopper. That is. Yeah, like your your consciousness itself is actually is actually you know one of these multi dimensional aliens, right? Yeah, but I feel like we're, I feel like we're making two games simultaneously here. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> one is that one both with time loops. One's a narrative game where you where you're jumping into different people trying to discover and and solve the mystery, and then the yeah, other one to, is I'm a trying to come like- up with like a cohesive way as to as to. And cohesive reason as to why you're controlling these different characters. No, no, just I like, like the that idea of-, of the multidimensional alien for sure. But even just from a gameplay point of view, like if it's if it's the investigatory stuff, then that's it's it's harder to fit into a, into the roguelike uh, hmm. kind of ga- kind of um, mold. But I really like some of the roguelike ideas for this whole time loop thing. So, so yeah, I think I think there are two ways you could go with that, and they're both really interesting. Mm-hmm. But uh, we're done with both of them. So three, two, one, click. <laughs> Snowstorm. Synthesizer. Ooh, a snowstorm synthesizer. Or a synthesized snowstorm. A rhythm game set in a snowstorm, just aesthetically. (laughs) Um, It's a video game adaptation of the Avengers, but not the Avengers that we all think of as the one with Uma Thurman and- Um, Sean Connery is like the weatherman. Was there a snowstorm? Oh, okay. I don't think I ever saw that movie or knew the, the <laughs> comics or whatever they were. Yeah. So, it, in in that movie, um, Sean Connery played a bad guy. It was like his last role ever or something like that. 
or close to, and he tried taking over the entire world with different, um, like weather effects. So I, I'm basically, I, I've immediately gone straight to, straight to that horrible thing to try and get a better, better story out of it. So we're remaking, <laughs> we're remaking the old Avengers, the Avengers. Is that what you're saying? Yep. So you can either play Uma Thurman or whoever the other guy was in that. <laughs> it was Ralph. If, well, how do you say his last name? Rafe. Rafe. Rafe Fines. Rafe Fines. Rafe. Yeah. Yeah. It's spelled Ralph, but it's Rafe. I, I knew that one of his names was not pronounced the way it's said, but I did the wrong one. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, I don't know. So, th- these were secret agents. Is this it? Yep. All right. This is going to be a tough one because I'm, I'm basically just going to have to go off the brief synopsis. Okay. Um, so, literally, you- Choose one or two characters at the start. Yep. Slash co-op. Okay. And okay. Basically, we we take the idea of um, Sean Connery is the bad guy. Like literally the, um, the actor Sean Connery. Well, <laughs> Sean Car- Sean Connery's bad guy in that film is the bad guy, and that's all you need to know. Like from then on, like we we can put this out at however we want. Like a co-op beat 'em up that's in three D could be awesome. Can we make it that the actor Sean Connery is the bad guy? Because I actually like that better. So, you're two British super spies, or one of two, Mm -hmm. depending on if you're playing co-op, trying to defeat Sean Connery. The whole whole time, there are two two characters that you're going out, you know, uh, are together because it's a drop-in, drop-out sort of co-op thing. Okay. And does the AI take over, though? AI take over. Okay. Yep. All right, so two player, yeah, uh, side scrolling beat em up esque sort of thing could be good. Side scrolling, but in but in three D. Yeah, 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 yeah. Really, really want this three D. Yeah, thing. sure. Um, Sean Conner- Connery is trying to revive his career uh, with a giant sci fi weather changing machine. For some reason, he thinks that's going to work. <laughs> uh, he thinks that if he solves climate change, then he'll get another movie and people will love him again. I assume he retired for a reason, but whatever. Uh, he retired because he didn't want to be in the limelight anymore. And <laughs> well, he changed his mind in our game. In this, in this alternate universe, he changed his mind. Yeah, and the the Avengers, but not Marvel. The Avengers was good. Yeah, <laughs> that and that's that. We're gonna have to make that the title of the game: the Avengers, but not Marvel's Avengers, uh, yep. because otherwise, where you know people are gonna be really confused. All right. So, what sort of moves did that? Like, is this? Are they just kind of high techy spies? Like, are they James Bond esque, or like, are we talking sort of Kingsman style um, stuff? Yeah. So, from what I remember, Rafe had like um, sort of Kingsman like abilities, but with a cane, and like the there was a sword in the cane as well. So that that was kind of cool. Um, and like Uma Thurman was just like. Awesome and and kick the shit out of. Are we are we adapting the movie or are we adapting the uh, the source material original that the movie show. was originally based on? Was it a TV show? It was a TV show, from what I remember. Okay, um, so is this one of these things? I kind of like the idea of going a bit cartoony with it, in that um, you know it's kind of uh, stylized versions of and and you know they could take the Uma Thurman and Ray Fiennes um, look. Yep. If they wanted, but yeah, but that we're actually adapting the original TV uh, TV series. Um, yeah, yeah, that's cool. I like that. So, 
do they have like uh, special moves they do together and stuff? Yeah, I'm I'm sort of picturing like take that that technology that they did for God of War, where okay. it's just sort of over the shoulder. Yep. Um, but it's it's all melee sort of stuff. Um, I know I just reckon that would work really really well for a for a combat fighting game sort of thing. Okay, so if this is mo- if this is co op though, it's not same screen co op, or is it sp- or it's split screen or how? No, would it's, you- it's split screen slash um, separate Online. places. Yeah. Link your consoles together. Yeah. Okay. All right. Okay, so you get you're doing sort of like because yeah, you talked about like the sword and the cane and stuff, so you're almost like fencing and you know it's sort of high yeah, class on one fighting. Side, you've, you've got <laughs> high class fighting on the other side uh, with lots of flips, and flips and shit. <laughs> yep. Uh, okay, well, let's let's I, I rather than dive too deep into the sort of the canon of the Avengers, but not Marvel's Avengers. Um, maybe let's just talk about the general <laughs> like how this could work as a yeah, like you said, the God of War style. So you're sort of fighting a bunch of enemies at once, potentially. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's not a lot of that sort of multiplayer around these days. I feel like where it's third person online. I mean, I guess there's stuff like Ferona or whatever. Which would come along that sort of lines. Yeah, but I know I I'm picturing almost a combat system. Well, like almost you know your your Batman Arkham sort of stuff, but but in a co-op sort of session mm-hmm. could actually be kind of cool. That could be interesting, right? So that faster movement kind of kind of thing where yeah. where you're basically you're you know, they're almost but not quite quick time events in a way where it's like oh you know there's a there's an attack coming so block. You know, punch, flip over, throw, counter. block, counter. Yeah. But then you could have a, oh, we're near each other at, at near the same time. If we both hit, you know, right, right bumper when, when the flash comes up to say that it's available, then we're going to do like a super move together. Yeah. Like Rafe grabs Uma and, you know, spins her around in a circle while she's kicking out in the, yeah. out of the circle and kicks everyone, everyone away. And yeah, that classic kind of, kind of move. Yeah, for sure. Um, uh, I'm picturing that there's there's also parts of the game in which you know your characters are going to sort of have to go in different different directions, sort of thing. So you're on your own for this for this little part, but you know you've got to get to a part and and flick a um flick a switch so that the next person can get through, sort of like yeah. the typical co-op. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, you know he he does something, she does something, and then they both catch up again later on. You yeah, know, the game of uh, the Gears of War sort of stuff. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah, that could be cool. And then uh, you kill Sean Connery, and uh, his career is is definitively over. Sorry, mm-hmm. sorry, Bond. And the good thing is, like, there's lots and lots of stories that you can go at from the from the original source material that gives more DLC. Yeah, for sure. And you can do crossovers. Spider Man can show up. You know, Ant Man. You've got uh, so much material no, no, there. Ro- Wrong universe. Wrong oh, universe. right. Not, Remember, it's not, not Marvel. Not Marvel. Oh, yeah. Okay. I got confused. All right. Three, two, one. Click. Attach. Elk. Ooh. Hmm. Something around hunting or or maybe you play like a big cat hunting elk on the, you know, wherever they hunt. <laughs> um. Okay, what if this was, and I know this is a little bit, little bit different. Okay. Um, what if this was sort of like set in one of those big game hunter sort of um, games, 
Yep, yep. But you you play a druid in the forest <laughs> that is sick and tired of all these all these elk being killed by these big game hunters. Yep. So you start hunting the hunters. Love it. Okay. Yes, yes. I like it a lot. Are we going fourth wall breaking here where- Because uh, you've got all those, like, arcade machines. <laughs> um, is this kind of a Wreck-It Ralph style- um, you're you're actually trying to save the the elk in Big Game Hunter, the arcade machine, and okay, you get yeah, to like, like see that. the reactions, or you actually get to like do something to the people playing the game. Almost also a little bit of of duck season, but where you're not, you know, where you've got that thing and it's like, oh, there's the person, and there's the screen behind them where you can see out to where the actual person is. Yep. <laughs> but you're you're like playing the dog in that game instead of <laughs> Yeah, like it'd be like you're playing the dog, yeah, exactly. But so yeah, you're playing <laughs> you're playing the the druid within uh is it was that what's called Big Game Hunter? I don't know, whatever. Um this this character who is manifested within the code because all these elk keep getting killed endlessly because that's what the game's about. Mm-hmm. And she is getting revenge. And yeah, so so I think one of the things that um, was happening in the in the intro cinematic is, I mean, druids in D and D can can wild shape, mm-hmm. and this druid was wild shaped into an elk and got shot. Okay, and realized that um, you know, having to survive it and all this sort of stuff, wild shaped back and realized that there's all these dead elk in this part of the forest. Yep, decide that they're going to go on a um. On a murderous rampage to save their beloved elk. Okay, and yeah, I, I do like that idea of the of the Wreck It Ralph sort of uh, view of seeing like a robot with a shotgun and a screen. Right. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Exactly. Um, and if you look on the screen, you see basically the view of the person playing from the perspective of the game machine. Um, yep. And so um, every time you the, kill the one, the graphics of these- that I'm picturing on that is almost like the game Portal. You know how when you when you look through it, you can you can like see yeah um, on all the different angles, so you yeah. can't necessarily see them unless so you're not a, straight it's on. It's not a flat screen; it's 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 a portal into yeah into their their world yep. basically. Yep, yeah, that's cool. Um, and I love the idea that you like you know use your druid powers to take out one of these robot things, and it falls down dead and sparking, and you can just look through its screen into the into the player on the other side, just going, "What the fuck happened? Like this game's busted." This weird fucking <laughs> force just came out and, you know, grew trees around me and, and I couldn't shoot my way out of them and I died. Like, I've never seen that in this game before. I'm picturing what, what would actually be cool about this portal, though, is the big orange gun that they've got on, the, on these games actually sticking out of the portal. <laughs> so, that's yep. the thing that's, like, moving around. Yep. Yep. Yeah, I like that. Um, I like that a lot. Well, and then, and then so I like the idea that you can bring in some recurring characters of the people who come to play this game. Yep. And the way that they react to the game, uh, to, to what the things that you do will change, you know, in different ways. Like there's the, there's just the casual player who's just going to be like, oh, well, that was a waste of money. Um, but then there's like the, the guy who comes here every single day to make sure his high score is still there. And he's, you know, he's almost your main antagonist. <laughs> he's going to get yep. really pissed off when this starts happening. And uh, go to complain to the manager and you get to sort of watch those conversations happen if you want. Uh, um, yeah. And I don't know how much you force the player to see that story, but it's there if they want it. 
Yeah. So, okay, so what are the powers of the druid? Yeah, that I was going to say, what's the sort of main? Like? What's, e- what's even the main gameplay? Is this kind of a? I'm almost picturing a Tomb Raider esque vibe, where you're able to sort of, you know, be going up in trees and, and sort of watching as this robot goes through beneath you, and you know, setting traps or yeah, using your powers to like snare snare it with by controlling the plants, or you can yeah lure it by. Wild, what did you say? Wild shape, wild. I don't know. Yep. Turning into a turning into an elk, and it like having so you'd lead them somewhere that where you've maybe set up traps, or you've or you just you, you've got a better position to then take them out, or something like that. You lead them to like a cave, and then there's like this big boss bear sort of thing that yeah. just comes out and rips it to shreds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Um, yeah. From what I know, I mean, the big game hunted sort of games are on, almost on rails. So I, I kind of so. like the idea that you see you see like these. Um, train tracks got weaving through the jungle. Oh, and you can change them then. Like, maybe that's yeah, one of the things can- you can do is, yeah, you send them off to the boss that they're not ready for yet and it just decimates them. Yeah. Yeah. That, that could be kind of cool. <laughs> and then you can, you know, send them off, off against each other. Like, um, you know, have basically the track turn around and repeat on itself and it's going up against the person- just coming up behind, oh, oh, so they end okay. up shooting each other, sort of thing. <laughs> like in the next console, in the in the in the, in the um the linked console to them. <laughs> yeah, you can you can cast the spell to make one of them look like an elk, and they get just get shot in the head by the other the other player, and it physically manifests themselves. <laughs> so the person actually gets shot. <laughs> the in the person head. actually dies. Well, that was the other thing. Like, do you do you get to the point where you're able to? You know, have some effect on the player outside, or is it all just within the game? I think it's all within the game, so that you're trying to get the get the game sort of shut down, right? Yeah, um, it's almost the opposite of Wreck It Ralph, where yeah, you're trying to you're trying to have them shut the game down by nobody wanting to play it anymore because they can never win. It's rigged. Yeah, that that druid character they added. How did they do that? Was that in a like I didn't know arcade games had DLC. <laughs> <laughs> Druids. Level contents. Druid level contents. <laughs> All right, three to one click. Scatter. Bard. Just hmm. to stick with the D&D roles. Um, yeah. Roles. I meant R-O-L-E-S, but- uh, Dice rolls. Funny. Uh, bard and scatter. You know, you know, well, there aren't- There aren't many games where you play a, a D&D-esque bard. Uh, maybe we can literally set this in, you know, this can literally be a, a Dungeons and Dragons licensed game, mm-hmm. uh, where you play a bard. I guess, uh, are we going kind of, um, Baldur's Gate style party based RPG, uh, something more action based, just something else set in that world? Are we going Skyrim, but with like, um, guitar hero mechanics for the, for the loot that the, that the character will be playing. Yeah. So you got like role playing going around, but then when you go, you know, when you get into a fight with you, with the rest of your party, then you've got like, um, you know, guitar hero moves. That yeah. You sort of do. Yeah. I like the idea of, of no, no real combat. It's all just buffs and debuffs with, with rhythm mechanics. Um, that could be, that could certainly be interesting. Uh, now whether we go the Skyrim mode or I was almost, uh, and this is, this is, not necessarily gameplay wise, but almost just graphical style wise, going like to a Shadow of Mordor kind of thing. Um, okay, where 
Yeah, I don't know. I, I guess it's just more that kind of just the, the positioning of the camera and the size of the characters on the screen. And I don't know. There's something around, about that that appeals to me in a game like this. Yep. Um, but then, yeah, all your moves are, uh, I, I'm, yeah, are running around and, and, and playing your loot. <laughs> playing these little uh, fucking medieval tunes. Uh, it's all green sleeves. <laughs> it's all green sleeves. Every single tune is to green sleeves. <laughs> is that when you press your pe- you've got a pedal you've got a yep, fuzz you've got pedal a pedal that goes into metal mode <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> activate star power <laughs> activate star power look a lot of people a lot of people have plastic instruments gathering dust on their shelves we will be doing them a service and giving them a reason to pull mm-hmm. them out for a 60-hour RPG. Yeah, 200 hour. Oh, come Spy- on. Side quest. This isn't Final Fantasy or whatever. I don't know. Those games always claim hundreds of hours. All the, all the side quests in, in Skyrim, I swear you could take a lot longer than what you what you think you could. Yeah, probably. That's because you just get lost climbing up and then spend half an hour trying to climb a mountain. Um, okay. So, so, how can we make this a little bit, little bit different? Uh, rather um, than just playing a, a, a bard who can't who can't participate okay. in combat in any other way, so it's it's a um, it's a Valve Index exclusive. You must have the Knuckles controllers. Okay. <laughs> Wait. So, uh, do you still need the Guitar Hero controller, or is it this now virtual? I'm now thinking it's virtual. Okay. <laughs> or, or you know that that's like the special the special mode, like the um. You can you can play the the normal mode, which is kind of weird to actually control because to move around, you know that really shitty um, digital joystick that it's got on the um oh, that's got on those controllers. Yeah, <laughs> that's what you got to use to move just around. Like, it's like a isn't it just like a four directional fucking yeah yeah D pad. Yep. Um, but then you know you can you can play the index version, but you got to be really good at playing the guitar sort of thing. Right, because you have to you're your, almost at, like it has to track your fingers in the right place. Exactly. Yeah. What might work better in VR is instead of maybe maybe if you're playing in VR instead of playing um, a lute player you're playing a drummer who has like magical drums that appear in front of them uh, because I feel like that that's the Oculus version yeah yeah because I feel like moving your moving your hands in VR to play drums is going to be a lot more natural uh, and then yeah then it's just the rhythm stuff again and so maybe there's multiplayer. <laughs> <laughs> um, where you've got a couple of but looters. It's all bards. <laughs> yeah, it's just a party of bards. It's a bard party. Uh, and, well, I, I guess you'd have to maybe- Maybe you've still got AI fighters and, and rangers and whatever else, wizards and shit. Uh, but- um, you can double down. No, I'm just picturing a, a party of bards now. Like, there's no bards. actual combat going. <laughs> how, do they, how do they ever defeat anyone? They just have to, like, put- like they status effects them. on them till they all <laughs> run away and what, what did you yeah. yeah um no i i do think there's something interesting there <laughs> uh, but i feel like we kind of got lost in the weeds so maybe let's do one more to finish off yeah i think we got to oh no i'm not going with that i can't get back into starch wars right now <laughs> all right what do you have rubbish Epic. Epic rubbish. Epic rubbish. Or so, you know, the true sense of the word epic is just, you know, a story that has 
that I don't know, is it that it covers a large span of time or just a like a, a, a um is it about the let me look it up because it means like it's a particular type of story right yep a long poem typically one derived from ancient oral tradition narrating the deeds and adventures of heroic or legendary figures or the past history of a nation or just yeah heroic or grand in scale or character uh I like the idea of taking something as lowly as rubbish, whether it's the rubbish itself or maybe like a garbage collector or something like that. I, I think you go even even more like mundane of like this is just like one of the guys in the booth at the tip. Okay. And it's it's the epic story of of what happens to him in this one day. In one day. All right. Well, the, the day that it, that it all changed, like okay, right, that um, the day that this this epic journey began. Yeah. Shall we follow? I, I think the- like the garbage man goes around, you know, a lot of different places, and and could be in a yeah, lot of different interesting the situations. The person who who works in the um in the you know the the sales office at the tip, you know, literally just gets to see people driving up and all this sort of stuff. Yeah. All right, so this guy is living- Or girl. Or girl. They're living a tedious life until the hero's journey calls them and they get a call to adventure. Do they find something in the tip that 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 sets them on this path? I think so. I think- um, I'm just wondering if it's kind of like a glowing rock situation or if it's a- Something valuable. Like, yeah, so- something like a family heirloom or something that they see on the ground- and they're trying to track down this um this person, and in the meantime of them them doing this, they inadvertently stop um some sort of some sort of nefarious deed that is actually going to do harm to this family. Okay, so they find a locket. They find a locket, and they realise it's valuable. Working in a tip, you start to get an eye for if you know what what's out of place. What's not garbage? Mm-hmm. Is their first instinct to keep it or to like sell it? Their first instinct instinct is to pawn it for you know some quick money because they're like maybe maybe yeah. this is something they do semi regularly anyway. Like if something comes in that's got at least a bit of value, then you know they'll they'll poach it and sell it. But then they open yeah, they up, they go to pawn it. They open up the locket perhaps, and something inside makes them realize that that that's that there's something larger at play here. So is it is it like the typical? Um- Thing almost like from Pulp Fiction, where where you never found out what was actually inside the um. No, no, I think we give it a reason. I think it's maybe it's something around. Maybe they open the locket and see people in there that they recognise, like, and there there was some news report about someone who'd been kidnapped or something, and they realise this is that person's locket, mm-hmm. and so yeah, so they realise, oh shit, like if I'm actually a good person. <laughs> Then I need to- I've got some evidence here. I need to follow this up. I need to see what I can do to help. Yep. And so, they leave the tip. <laughs> uh, well, I, I think I think one of the things that, that happens first is they they go back through, like, some of the footage and find, like, um, one of the people in the locket was actually- Was there. Um, one of the people who who actually, you know, was at the tip. Okay. And so that's how they they sort of start start off their their thing, and their their journey actually just leads them to to this um to this kidnapping victim, and they save that that person. But it it goes into a larger story of of you know maybe this this tale of redemption from this um this person who's cheated a lot of people out of 
different things to now realizing that you know they're actually a good a good person. Right. Okay. So you're saying that that they were a bit of a criminal before and like taking advantage of people and and selling people's yeah. stuff. I mean, if they're taking it to the tip, I don't know how <laughs> how much of an issue that is, but um, but they were a bit dodgy, and yeah. this is giving them some sort of purpose right. on the on the grey side of the spectrum. Sure. Sure. Um, people are throwing these things out, but it's also people that lost things that had mysteriously fallen out of their car or something like that. And <laughs> they obviously didn't mean to do it. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, um, gameplay. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it, it feels kind of like a point and clicky. Yeah. Point and clicky or third person, like, and, and again, like adventure, adventure ish. I don't know. You know, there's not combat or anything. It, it's, it's all around. Um, investigation, investigation, and and dialogue. I would say. Yep. Uh, yeah, and and I think it's. I don't know. I don't know if there's anything novel we we can do there, or if it's just kind of track these down. Uh, do we, are we doing inventory puzzles? Are we doing? Um. Um. I, I think there's a lot of problems with inventory puzzles. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So I think maybe sort I of think- th- maybe a three D point and click, like a, a third person. Yep. Um. You know, a bit of a, a um, fucking. <laughs> What's that called? Never mind. I've forgotten. I guess like Gabriel Knight three, but no, that's that's going too far back. Or Grim Fandango. Yeah, I was trying to think of the single to longest journey. Dream. Dreamfall. Fall. Yeah, I kickstarted it. Never played it. Uh, it just happens way too often. Um, but yeah, yeah. So that's the thing. Yeah, I like it. Yep, I like it too. All right, that was <laughs> that wasn't the most exciting idea to finish up on. But anyway, we will finish up there. Uh, if if you want to find us online. Bitstorm is the name of our podcast. I hope you realize that since you've been listening to it for the past hour. Go to podchaser.com slash bitstorm. You can find all our links there, links to our creator profiles where you can see what else we've been on. Check out our user profiles now, something that we've just added to see our top eight podcasts. See if your podcast is in there, if you have a podcast or your favorite podcast. And uh, you can also see us on 8bit.net. We are part of the 8-Bit Collective. This is a group of podcasters who all have similar interests. We all work together uh, as part of that collective. And uh, if you go to 8bit.net slash bitstorm, you can see our page there. But make sure to also check out some of the other great podcasts on the network. Also, you can check out the AGPN, the Australasian Gaming Podcast Network. Search for the Australasian Gaming Podcast Network on Facebook or AGP Network on. Finally, we'd like to thank... The wonderful group Kuradust that we're part of for the use of their song Mount Defiance off of the album Containment Failure. That's it. So thank you again for joining us on Bitstorm this week, episode 130. I'm Ben Slinger. I'm Trevor Scott. And something, 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 Avengers, not Marvel. <laughs> <laughs> and I can't wait to see Uma Thurman face off against Thanos.